right, well, greetings, everybody. Welcome once again to the Rec Poker Podcast. As always, our official sponsor is Running Aces Racetrack Casino and Hotel. Our other sponsors include Learn Pro Poker, Website Amp, and the Small Small Business Community. In this chats edition of the podcast, we get to hang out uh, for the first time with Michael Acevedo. Uh, he's a poker player. He's a coach. He's an author. Uh, he wrote Modern Poker Theory. Uh, he's been involved in Pio Solver. All kinds of really cool stuff. So we'll get to him in a second. Uh, first, let's introduce our panel for tonight. My name is Steve Fredland. I go by Rec Poker Steve in the Poker Stars home game. And just wanted to pass on what Jesse May said, which could be sort of uh, controversial given our guest tonight. But he says, poker is a combination of luck and skill. People think mastering the skill part is hard, but they're wrong. The trick to poker is mastering the luck. <laughs> All right. I'm Andrew Feist with and my dealer 412 uh, on the home game. Um, basically, in life and in poker, don't take unnecessary risks. Stay healthy and stay happy, everybody. Mm. Mm-hmm. All right. Hey, guys. Um, thank you very much for having me. Uh, well, I'm Michael, and uh, let's see how this goes. I'm very excited to join in the creation of poker tonight. So let's see. Love it. Chris? Well, it's our, it's our treat to have you here. Yeah, my name is Jim Blefsterini in the home games and uh, at Hold'em underscore Steelers uh, on Twitter. And sometimes when you're playing poker, you play the hand in front of you, and sometimes you play the guy across from you. That's all I have to say today. Hmm. And I'm Chris Jones, 5x5 five five on Poker Stars and Twitter. Uh, and contrary to popular opinion, uh, I don't endorse folding pocket fives. and i'm john somsky poker geek mn everywhere and uh, i have a quote quote from chris moneymaker the beautiful thing about poker is that everyone thinks they can play nice Mm -hmm. it's probably made him a lot of money over the years all right a couple quick things before we do jump in uh if you want to join the poker stars home game uh we keep telling you guys this uh you're you're already in there uh, but you need to get your free membership at rec.poker absolutely free and then include your PokerStars username in your profile, your extended profile. So you have until December 31st to do that. Otherwise, you're going to be suspended. It's not personal. It's all about building community. So go to rec.poker slash home game uh, if you want any uh, further information about that. Uh, a number of people are doing that, so that's good. Good, good momentum, but tell your friends. Uh, get it out there so you don't lose your spot in the home game. Uh, also, save the date, January 27th, our award show. Uh, it's coming together quite nicely. It's going to be a pretty fun night. We're going to be doing that over Zoom. So uh, mark your calendar for January 27th on that deal. All right. So with that, let's bring him in, uh, Michael Acevedo. Uh, first time on the Rec Poker Podcast. So welcome, sir. Yeah. Uh, thanks again for having me. Um, again, if you want to know more about me, I, you can find me as GTO Poker in, on Twitter. Pretty much. That's the easiest way to to reach me out. And yeah, uh, let's see what this has uh, because... Um, most of the time when I, <laughs> yeah, there is my book, when I talk to um, people in podcasts or, you know, my students are mostly professional poker players, uh, even coaches or you know, very accomplished players. So I'm very excited and um, to see, you know, uh, what the Rick uh, Poker community has prepared for me tonight. Awesome. Well, we're, we got to just, we go with the flow, man. And so uh, most of our folks are listening to the audio. Some are seeing this on video and it looks like you're kind of coming to us from Jupiter or something, but <laughs> where are you actually coming in, calling in from? Uh, I'm based in Costa Rica. Yeah, I'm Costa Rican, uh, 34 years old, been playing poker professionally since 2014, playing online professionally since 2014. Uh, my book was released 1.5 years ago, and well, a lot of things have happened <laughs> ever since I started playing online. Uh, yep. So, so how did you get into poker? Let's just go back a little bit. Uh, so it sounds like maybe you've been playing since your mid-20s professionally, but uh, how did you actually first get exposed to the, the game of poker? Um, I've always been into games. Um, I learned to play chess when I was in high school. Um, then uh, I learned to play Magic the Gathering, which is a, a trading card uh, strategy game. And then one day my Magic friends invited me to this poker home game. Uh, the buying was like 10 bucks and it was my first uh, time ever playing. Uh, they just told me the rules of the game that night. I ended up finishing second and won 100 bucks. I was like, holy, holy. <laughs> This is some, um, you know, this is something that I, I I like this. Seems like you know there's some opportunity here for you know having fun and also making some money, and that's how it all 
but it starts it. Now, I don't, I've never played Magic the Gathering. I know a lot of people that, have, that, that, that do, but I just like the idea of what you just said. You just said you have magic friends. And I think that'd be fantastic to have magic friends. That seems like a really, <laughs> a really fun thing. Well, let's, I want to talk about your book a little bit uh, as well. But before we do that, um, Jim has some information about a book giveaway. Uh, so apparently we're mm. going to, this, that we're giving away one of your books here tonight to uh, one of our premium members that's listening in. So Jim, give us a little detail on what's actually going on there. I will. And actually Magic the Gathering is a great uh, lead into that because I have a 20-sided die here that I'm going <laughs> to roll later to see. And uh, the real nerds out there will appreciate why I have a 20-sided die. So Michael, yeah, right yeah. on. I'm glad we get to use that <laughs> I see today. three we'll heads see. nodding out there. That's okay. Chris knows, but he doesn't want to nod. I don't know. Go, go find someone like me with glasses and a pocket protector and ask them why Jim might have a 12 or 20-sided die in his, uh, in his desk drawer. But, uh, so Michael's been very kind uh, enough to offer to give away a copy of his book today to one of our premium members in the chat here. So actually, why don't we just, why don't we just roll? Why don't we just find out right now live? What oh. do you think, guys? We've wait, got, wait, as long as they don't bail on us, you guys are listening in. We've got all these members listening in and yeah, they can't bail. Let's, right. let's say if they, if they we win got, they, and then they leave, they, they forfeit the book. That's right. You got to stick around. So I'm actually, I, there's, there's, I'm going to use a six, a boring old standard six sided, six sided oh. die here. Cause I see we got six members in. Let's see what we got in order from top to bottom. Congratulations, Jamel Cuevas, number nice. six. Nice, you Jamel. will be getting a copy of Modern Poker Theory. And, you know, that's not really fair because Jamel Cuevas is already leading the players of right. the year points uh, in, in the home game. So the rich just keep getting richer. Thanks a lot, Jamel. <laughs> The run good continues. Well, well, thanks for getting that, that copy of the book secured. And Jamel, congratulations. And, and, ahead, and when, when you're listening to this podcast, uh, uh, Michael and his, his good friends at D&B Publishing also offered to give another copy away um, when the podcast gets released. So check uh, at Rec Poker on Twitter when you hear this podcast, and there'll be a chance to win one of those on Twitter as well. Thanks so much. That's really great. It's awesome. All right. So it, thanks. I for, mean, thanks it's for... the new it's the new poker bible. Everyone has to read this book. It, well, let's, it's, let's, it's let's talk book. about the book, Michael. Let, let's talk a little bit about it. So you know, you've been playing for you know not that long, and now here's the book. So talk a little bit about uh, why did you decide to write the book? Uh, yes. No, the story is actually quite uh, long and complex. So I'll try to make it uh, short. Um, what happened is I started playing online. Um, because I went broke for the third time trying to make it as a professional poker player. Yeah. I, at the third time, I managed to build a $30,000 bankroll, which, you know, for Costa Rica is a lot of money. And I was um, full enough to lend half of that money to my ex best friend. Mm. And <laughs> then I, then I busted the other half um, playing, uh, but, bankroll management i was playing a two five live game which um you know had swings of i don't know three thousand dollars a night even you know two thousand three thousand dollars a night mm -hmm. and if you only have fifteen thousand dollars it's just not going to be enough to um you know to uh compensate the variance so i was um well i i had already left my home i had been living alone for like six months i was paying for you know a an apartment and I, I used to live in a, this old wooden uh, house, you know, with cockroaches and stuff like that. I'm not um, high class or anything like that. Uh, not, not even poor. Uh, I never had anything, you know, uh, I, I always had everything I needed, but I also wasn't rich, right? So um, just typical Latin American <laughs> household, right? And so I was living in this uh, apartment and my expenses were like $2,000. So I was paying $700 a month for the apartment plus, you know, food and all this stuff. So I realized I was down to my last $2,000 when I was playing these live games. Um, I had already quit my job uh, like a year ago, something like that. I was working as a um, financial analyst and also in process, uh, process improvement. So um, at that point, I had to make a choice. Do I go back? to my day job and forget about poker for good because it mm. was the third time I was going broke. Or uh, do I go back to my mother's place and ask her to take me in? And well, she didn't approve me playing poker. She, she thought I was wasting my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So um, yeah, it was a very tough choice for me. So 
uh, what I did was just take my $2,000 for covering expenses and just, you know, have food and stuff like that for the next few months. And I applied to a bunch of online poker tables. Uh, all of them, I think I applied and only one of them uh, took me. And actually, one of them replied to me and they didn't accept me at first um, because I didn't really have online results to show up for, you know, uh, right. how good I was or anything like that, you know. So... Uh, they told me uh, to send a hand history of a tournament. I, I had won recently on, on Poker Stars where, uh, that made me $10,000. Uh, that was before I went broke. Um, and so I sent the hand history. They said that I had a lot of leaks, that I had to work in my game. And I just told them, you know, I understand. I am probably not good enough to play online. Uh, not online games are probably tougher than playing live. I mostly play live casinos. Uh, but I'm a smart guy. If you give me the chance, I can learn. All I want is the coaching. So please put me in whatever games you want, like the lowest possible stakes you can, and just give me the shot to learn. That's what I wanted to learn. And so they took me in. And then um, I remember, I think in the first six months, I watched like 200 plus poker videos. I just started to consume everything I could, try to you know get better. I even, um, it's funny because I even lost my girlfriend moving back to my mother's place mm. and stuff like that because, yeah, she was used to the casino, you know, uh, like baller life where I will always have money and take her out every Saturday night, every Friday night. And then suddenly I was like, you know what? I can't go out, uh, out tonight, Saturday night or Friday because I have to play poker on the weekend because, you know, mm -hmm. those are the best days. I need to stay here. I need to have a good night's sleep. I need to study poker. And... And she didn't like that. Too bad for her because now I'm crushing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I even, I even have a better girlfriend now. She's a lot pretty and, you know, smart. <laughs> <laughs> she was dragging you down, man. Nicely, good, good to move on. That was good yeah, to move on. Yeah, that's the type of woman you don't really want to have in your, in your life because, yeah, uh, she was just interested in different stuff. Um, and I was trying to move ahead in life. She was wanting to have fun, so. Well, it takes a certain, you know, relationships are hard. And, you know, I mean, poker playing, uh, I've never been a professional player, but I know it's a different lifestyle, it's a different mindset, there's different demands in your time. And so I think, yeah, you have to find somebody that can understand that piece of, okay, this is a week I can't do anything. You know, I've got to be, you know, investing here in my play. So good for you, man. That's exciting. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm curious, you know, I don't think we've had anybody on the show actually talking about uh, the idea of being part of a stable. And I think for some of our recreational players that are out there, they might be going, wait, you only had $2,000 and you applied to be part of a, a stable and they give you coaching and, you know, maybe, maybe talk a little bit about that concept. And is that something that still is active? Are people still, uh, you know, adding people to their stables? Well, yeah, uh, they do it very much. So um, there are a few of them online. Um, the guys who took me in there called Polkar and well, uh, here's how, how it works. Well, I'm not sure if they have changed something or they have different rules now. But basically, they offer staking. They'll give you the bank you need to play and the coaching. And then it's, the deal is like 50-50 for the, uh, the winnings. But uh, the losses are being accumulated. So let's say uh, you lose, I don't know, $5,000, right? And then you make uh, uh, 1K in a tournament. That gets deducted from the total that you are uh, losing already. Right. If you make... Uh, if you're, you're behind 5K and then you make 10K, so 5K will cover the losses and then your 5K will go half and half. And that's, that's how it works. Um, so, yeah, uh, they also, of course, will give you coaching, but they are very strict. Like, um, uh, they will be, um, well, they request you to see, to watch a few, I mean, a minimum amount of videos, to participate in the forum, to be active in the community. Um, and it pretty much works like a job. They will make you an interview and all of that. It's, it's, it's crazy. Uh, but, you, you know, if these people are giving you money to play and investing time and money in you, uh, they just have to make sure that you're really invested in what you're doing, right? Yeah, you know, and I mean, they're paying you to go to school, basically, to learn the game. They're taking away the financial risk part of it. Yeah, you're losing some of the upside, but if you have upside, that's good, right? I mean, that's, exactly. that's a good thing. So were you able to, once you reached a certain level, were you able to just, like, get out of it then? Could you, or are you committed to a certain amount of time or could you just say, you know what, uh, I think I'm good to go and I'm on my own or how does that work? Yeah, so what happened is that, uh, well, at first I was not making any money at all. I was playing, they offered me to play $5, uh, $8 and $10 tournaments to start, to start with. And I was playing uh, two or five live games. So I was, you know, used to have, um, you know, maybe $2,000 winnings in a night or, you know, $2,000, but also losses like that in a single night. And then um, 
at first, I remember I was making maybe $200 a month, which is crazy, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah. But luckily, I was living with my mother, and I also had like this uh, last $2,000 with me. So that gave me um, enough to like six months of living. Then after the first six months, uh, things started to pick up. Um, then it started making like consistently about $500 a month and then started getting up to a thousand and just keeps, uh, you know, uh, I just kept improving, playing higher stakes, crushing, you know, the, uh, the $10 then the $20 and the $30, uh, the $50, $100, so $100 tournaments ended up playing $10,000 buy-ins even. So, um, and then eventually I had uh, won enough money um, on my own that I could just leave and, and stake myself. So that's what happened. Um, then uh, when I was, when I had been with them for like six months, they uh, hired uh, one of the poker living legends, uh, Van Fleet Apestals. He is an, also a book author, one of the best players in the world. And so uh, they hired him as a coach. I approached him on Skype and told him, you know, I'm, I'm with poker and uh, is there any chance you give a discount for poker players? Because I would really love to have, you know, a session with you. At that time, he was... Um, charging like, I think $200 an hour to 50, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And um, he told me, well, uh, I, I'm not sure if I can do that, but uh, let me, uh, I'll have a meeting with Alex and, and Rob, the, the owners. And uh, he discussed with them, he just mentioned me. And because I was like this um, very, uh, um, uh, very good student, they knew who I was. And I also helped them with some stuff uh, for managing the business and improving the management because I had experience in, in you know, process improvement and stuff like that. So um, they gave me as a, as a gift a couple of sessions with Ape Styles. Mm. So in the first session with him, he didn't even coach me for one minute because uh, we connected immediately. I started showing him some of the uh, GTO study that I had been doing on my own. I showed him also the heads up display uh, that I had built for holding manager, which was, I, I had been playing online for six months. Before this, I didn't even know what holding manager was. And then mm. I built uh, probably the best entities hot in, in the world. I made one for pocket tracker and one for holding manager. So I showed this to Ape Styles and he was like, sorry, I don't know who you are, what <laughs> you're playing, but this is some impressive stuff. I have been playing online for like six months only. I was playing $20, $22 NTPs back then, and he had this uh, sick study group with guys like Stephen Chidwick, Elio Fox, um, Martin Kozlov, uh, Daniel DeVores, Dylan Linde. So all of these six superstars, they, they get together once a week and they study GTO. And so he told me, you know what, maybe I shouldn't be doing this, but um, well, we get together weekly. We study one ch one book, uh, one chapter of the book, Experts Heads Up No Limit Holding uh, by Will Tipton a week. And then we discuss the stuff. So if you want to join us next week, mm. we are already at chapter five. Uh, you will have to study the first five chapters of the book and also learn how to use uh, Holden, um, what is this? Uh, Carboner CV calculator, right? Uh, within one week, I was like, "Oh, of course I'm doing that." <laughs> yeah, so, let's go! So amazing, yeah, amazing opportunity. So <laughs> right. I, I just uh, cleared my entire week. I didn't play. I didn't do anything else but the study. And I will uh, study the book uh, daily and just uh, send him my notes um, daily. So he he knew that I was working on the stuff. And luckily for me, the book that book is very very math heavy. But I also, um, I majored in physics. So uh, the equations, the math, all of that was not like too difficult for me to absorb and to comprehend. So um, I managed to learn all of that in, in the week. And he, uh, well, when I, he, when I joined them in this study session, I didn't talk much at first. Uh, my English was maybe just also not um, as Polish. I was nervous. Of course, I was this, of this superstar. Like, you know, who am I to be well, just right. yeah, like, with them? Geez, yeah. <laughs> so towards the end of the session, um, Stevie uh, was discussing a hand that he played in the $2,000 buy-in sit and go. And he made a fall in the river and he folded the hand. And I told him out loud, I think you're folding there, you're folding way too much. And everybody went silent. I was like, holy crap. <laughs> yeah, I fucked up this. <laughs> so, Mr. Chidwick? Uh, um, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the call ends. And then Stevie adds me on Skype. And we start discussing. Yeah, he says that he's going to bed because it was late. I stayed up uh, all night um, doing some math on the hand. 
mm. and then I sent him everything that I that, uh, that I did, all the, the calculations. He put that into Cardinal calculator because there were no solvers like PO solver back then, right? So uh, he put it there, and then he says, "You know what? You were right. Um, I will give you some assignments for next week." I was like, "Cool." So so I'm I'm invited next week. Oh my god! And then I just kept getting together with them weekly for a very long time, studying poker with them. Then uh, Pio Solver was released. Still got a copy of Pio Solver, and I was still like um, just getting started. You know, Pio Solver the the basic license was five hundred dollars. I didn't have the money to buy Pio Solver until like three months after, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Then I bought Pio Solver. And all of them already had it at first because, you know, they were rich, but I was like, you know, uh, I didn't have enough money to buy the Pio Solver copy license. And then, um, so first tournament I won, I won $3,000 in the big eight. Uh, I used $500 to buy Pio Solver. Next tournament I won, I won the big 22 for $10,000. And I used $5,000 to buy a computer to be able to run hmm. high-end simulations with Pio Solver. And then, from there, you know, everything just, uh, yeah, I just started to learn and, and get so much deep into, into PO Solver and, and GTO. And I, I, I'm overwhelmed. I mean, it, it, it's an amazing story. I mean, that is an absolutely amazing story of determination and, and you know, and, and using what you have, using your tools, using your, you, your education and your, but, but just work ethic, fighting through, going after your passion, you know, having to say no, having to, you know, getting up, but then opportunities emerge. Mm-hmm. And you were there, you took the opportunity. They said, well, join this group, but you have to study. I think there's a lot of humans would just be like, I really want to be part of the group, but it's just too hard. You're like, no, clear the schedule. Let's go. And then you have that opportunity with Stevie and you know, like, wow, that's really cool that he Skyped me. That's pretty awesome. I can't wait to connect with him next week. No, you stay up all night and and do it. I mean, I just love that story of determination uh, and sort of, you know, sort of the the hard work meeting opportunity. Uh, So kudos to you, man. That's fantastic. Thanks. Yeah, people complain all the time that, um, you know, they don't get the same opportunities as everybody else. And I think that's bullshit. Um, Everybody gets the opportunities, you know, uh, from time to time, but you need to take them and you need to work hard. That's the the hard thing is to, you know, apply yourself and and work hard for the things that you really want. Uh, For example, I got, after I joined Pokard, I got some Costa Rican players ask me, you know, I want to join. Uh, Can I apply to the stable? Of course, you know, just uh, tell them, you know me, whatever. And then they will come back to me and they will say, you know what? They offered me to play $10 tournaments, $15 tournaments. I'm not, I can't take that. Uh, mm. I, I'm, I used to play higher stakes live. And I was like, yeah, me too. I was just playing <laughs> right, two, five games, right. on, you know, live. And then I used I, to have a $30,000 bankroll. Right. Yeah. And I, yeah. I snapped to that offer that they gave me to play $5 and $10 tournaments. Uh, it's the ego that, you know, sometimes yeah. uh, keep us from, you know, um, from taking the, the really important things and seeing what is important and just be humble enough to understand. Like, you know, at that point I understood when they didn't take me in, I was like, oh, this is the only people that really replied to my emails and they saying I'm not good enough. So probably I'm not good enough. Like this is the third time I busted my bankroll. There's probably something going, something wrong going on with me. Maybe it's not all bad luck. Maybe not, you know, the ultimate superstar and super talented gifted player who I think I am. Maybe I just need to, uh, you know, uh, work hard. Yeah, maybe get, maybe, you know, maybe it's a yeah. hard game to master. Maybe I can't just maybe I can't just want to be good. Maybe that's not enough. Maybe I actually have to put in the work. And I love this. You guys better chime in with questions because I got a million from Michael. So if I see you on mute, uh, but I do have one more, Jim. Sorry, then it's you. Then it's you because I want to follow up with this one. <laughs> These guys are laughing, Michael, because I, I always have a million questions. It's supposed to be a panel discussion, but I monopolize the time. But But you <laughs> are so intriguing to me. But I, I kind of want to just ask, where do you think that humility and work ethic that you have, where do you think that came from? Is that just something you've always had or did you have role models in your life or where did that come from? No, I, I didn't have it. And, and that's actually the main reason why I wasn't successful at first in poker. Uh, I was always very gifted in uh, school, high school and um, the university. I never had to study for a test in my life. Um, mm. So I was used to give in the absolute minimum effort, I still do better than the average, right? So because of that, I was so used to just never never push my, myself. Uh, and then when I found something that is really challenging as poker is, and I was I started doing well when I first got started uh, making some easy money and you know crashing some live games, 
I thought that I was just super good at it and super talented and that I didn't need to study or, you know, do anything like that. So um, was, it was the realization that I had already going bankrupt three times. So I had to ask this tough question to myself. Okay, Michael, what is it? Uh, are you really not good enough to make it? Or you could keep just telling yourself that, well, I'm not making it because I'm not pushing myself and just keep, you know, like that safe card. Uh, so if I fail, at least I can tell everybody, you know, I didn't really push myself. And I hear that all the time. People saying, uh, you know what? I could have been a professional soccer player, right? Uh, but I just never, didn't even try or, you know, something happened. I got like, this injury or whatever. And they just have like just that safeguard for the reason why they didn't make it. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I always thought that, you know, I'm just so lucky and I'm also not really pushing myself. So that's why I'm not making it. And then at, at that point, when I had to decide to go back to my mother's and explain to her how I was broke again and how, you know, I had to swallow my pride and, and just ask her to take me in and tell her, you know what, I want to pursue this. I want to give it another shot. And yeah, so I, I just decided at that point, this time I'm going to give it 100%. If I fail now, then it will be time for me to look for something else. Man, I'm and so inspired. That, Go ahead, Jim. Yeah, yeah, so is that, because I think for a lot of people, they kind of have to almost have like a hitting rock bottom experience to jar them out of that reverie where they're just thinking oh i'm just unlucky or you know i didn't make the right connection in a meeting or something and that's why i didn't make it do you do you recall that actual moment where you were you were thinking to yourself like huh i guess i actually need to change the way i think about this so was there was there something about the situation that that brought that about or was it just a matter of time or let us in your head there a little yeah, it was exactly that. Uh, finding out that I was down to $2,000, uh, I had to pay rent again. And the rent was 700 and then food and all stuff. I was like, okay, I'm broke. So um, and then at that, that point, it got me thinking, Michael, what is it? Because I was just living a, you know, life. So, well, I will be going out, partying, um, you know, alcohol, drugs, girls, just, you know, wasting money, wasting my nights, you know, my, my weekends, every single day was a party day and a poker night. So um, that was pretty crazy. I pretty much wasted my, my 20s by um, <laughs> doing stuff like this. Uh, it was fun. I can't really complain. Got me where I am right now. But yeah, it was a realization that maybe if I had failed uh, you know, for the third time trying to make it as a professional poker player, it was because there was something wrong with me and not because of bad luck, and not because of just variance. Yeah. Michael, I wanted to ask you, it's kind of follow up on some of the stuff you're talking about in terms of studying. Um, I think one of the things that a lot of players, you know, may want to get better, but may not really know, like, what's the best way to do that? I mean, I'll read some books and like, I don't, but I don't really know how to study. And it seems like you've had a lot of experience, both sort of challenging yourself and then joining this kind of wonder study group like what have you learned about like what are some of the best ways to study poker what are some of the best ways to learn poker um like what, what have you learned about just studying in general that that i think other players might be able to sort of learn from you yeah um something that is really important is um uh what is the name for this uh purpose, purposeful practice right and I think actually Dr. Trisha Gardner, she uh, wrote a book uh, with Gareth James about this. Um, actually, she helped me. and Well, she and Elliot Rowe helped me. I, I also had tilt issues and uh, these are my coach, right? So uh, when I first joined poker as well, then they started giving me some webinars for poker. And um, at, at some point when... I was, uh, when I joined this study group with, you know, these uh, super sick players, I was also working kind of part-time with poker management. I was helping, helping, helping them with recruitment, with, you know, some of the uh, micro stake players that will, they start to, to bring in some of the, some people to play $1 and $3 tournaments. And so I, I was in charge of uh, bankroll management, recruiting, uh, reading the applications, interviews, managing the guys' bankroll, all of these things. And then I also, put in place some structures that help them uh, have a um, better control over their business. And then they move all of the, all, some of these practices that I implemented into the, the main business. So I was working with them and the deal they offered me was, well, any player you bring in, 
you get 20% of whatever they make for life. Then if they move from poker light to the main poker, you keep doing that. If they get to play, you know, $1,000 or $10,000 buying tournaments, you keep, you still keep 20% of them. So, um, well, at first that thing wasn't really making me much money. Uh, but then after, after, after six months of working on that, it started to make some money. So I was making like some $600 passive income from that. Uh, and then it was just, was just going to keep building and building. But I joined this study group and uh, I got to a point where I was doing so much. I was like trying to study poker with these guys. I was trying to play poker, uh, reaching my 600 games a month, whatever uh, that they had, uh, they requested from me and also doing this part job and I just couldn't do anything, everything, uh, it was uh, overwhelming. So I had a session with Dr. Tricia and I asked her exactly that, like, um, what should I do? Um, and she told me, well, um, you have the brain power and you also have something that is very, very important and that is the connections, the access to the society group. So um, what is your dream? What, uh, what do you want it to be when you started playing poker? Do you want to be a, you know, top poker player, or are you happy with being a very good manager for this business part so you can devote to this and just make money? What is it for you? Are you here for the money or are you here, you know, to play poker? What, what do you like? And I was like, well, uh, I really love playing poker. I, I like this, I like the study. So that's, this is my passion. And she told me that I, she thought I really had a shot. So I just kept going with it. And then, um, well, I started putting a lot of effort into learning how to study, how to study properly. And um, right now, for example, I recommend to my students, if you're first getting started with poker, uh, let's say you have 10 hours a week to play poker or whatever, you know, 10 hours, just take uh, two of those uh, 10 hours and play and take your eight hours and study. A study could be watching uh, poker content, seeing, you know, uh, Twitch, a Twitch channel, something like that, reading a poker book, then gradually, as you become better, you start to allocate more time to play and play and play because at first you're not going to be profitable. So the more hands you play, it's actually going to cost you money because you're not a profitable poker player, right? So just play enough for you to you know, uh, keep your, your uh, toes wet, right? So you just keep uh, touching the waters and making sure that you're not just detaching, detaching yourself from the, from, the, from the game itself, but then learn learn the basic stuff. Uh, but actually the way I designed my book, uh, it just goes from the very fundamentals to the most advanced stuff. And I, what I tried to do was to cover the parts of the game, which I think are most important for you to master, and then just focus your energy in those. And that's the, the thing about purposeful, purposeful practice, that you need to find what are the important things and then go for those. That's kind of the 80-20 rule, right? So you just find um, 20% of, of your, um, for example, stock makes 80% of your sales or whatever, right? So that's how it works in everything. So uh, just finding the, the key things that are really going to uh, have an impact in your bottom line, tackle those first. So tackle a pre-flop game first, uh, tackle the flop continuation betting big line versus bottom, the defense versus continuation bet, some spots that are repeated over and over and over again. Just go over those, master the fundamentals, and then uh, you can just keep going. Some people get lost. Their poker is so large, so uh, so complex. They start um, studying some river check racing uh, in a monotone board when the board pairs in the river and you're 200 big plays <laughs> deep. Like, yes. like, like, what are you doing? You're wasting your time. Just don't do that, man. There's so many more important things that you need to master first. Just master be jamming with 20 big plays per flop. You're going to crush tournaments. Just, you know, stay focused, find what is really important. And uh, yeah go for that. So all of this was a huge process that involved a lot of uh, people touching my life and kind of guiding me in the right uh, direction. And some people also tell me like, you know, uh, it's so cool, man. You're this man who's like self-made. I'm like, no, I'm not self-made, not even close to that. You know, I had so many people, uh, you know, in uh, giving me something very valuable along my life that it helped me get here. And that's also something that is really important. Um, if we are humans, we are a social animal, and if we need, to, if we want to succeed or get anywhere in life. We need to have some support. We need to have a crew. We need to have uh, friends or family who support us. And then, uh, so another thing that is really important: if you play poker, if you like the game, if you want to study, get yourself a group of study poker friends, and you can get together with them, study some hands, and that will help you 
like uh, this accountability group will help you reach uh, places that you will never be able to reach by yourself. We don't we don't tell these guys to say this when they come on the show, just for the record, to our listening audience. But I, Michael, this is something that we hear again and again from our guests on the show is find a group, find a group of friends with where you see eye to eye. You don't have to agree on everything because part of it's having good disagreements in there. Yeah, exactly. Like even this panel, we all get along, but we, we don't see eye to eye on everything. And it, it, well, come on now. And, uh, so I, I, I love hearing that. And, and I think just to get back to this point you were saying about, you know, not getting too arcane in the areas you're studying, just kind of sticking to these bread and butter situations. I mean, you've seen from a big picture, you've seen the poker strategy world. Uh, for recreational players like us, what are some of those bread and butter situations where when you sit down at the table and you see a couple players or recreational players, you're like, oh, okay, this is how I'm going to exploit them. Or this is an area where they're not versed in the in the strategy that they should be are there some 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 of those spots that we could start looking at ourselves that would make it easier for us yeah the absolute most important thing that everybody has to master at first is the um pre-flop ranges that's that's it once you have the right pre-flop ranges playing post-flop becomes so much easier right because um for example right from um, under the gun in a nine-handed table, let's say you can play about 15% hands, right? Uh, for most stack sizes. So, and then from the bottom, you can play maybe 50% hands. The difference here um, lies on how many players are left to act who can re-raise you pre-flop, right? And so those realize, just realizing this, that um, the more players are left to act, who can wake up with a strong hand and call in position or trivet you, re-raise you pre-flop. Um, that is going to uh, limit the uh, profitability of the hands that you play. And so some of the weaker hands in your range are not going to be profitable from an earlier position. So if you can play 50% hands from all the poker hands from the bottom, you cannot do that from early position from under the gun in a handed table. That's impossible. So at least if you get right, the type of hands that you can play, everything goes smoother because now you're playing 15% hands. So it is easier for you to defend against aggression preflop because your range is narrower, your range is stronger. So when people attack you, now you have a stronger range that is easier to defend preflop. And then at the same time, also when you get to post flop and your range is stronger. So that allows you to just play uh, easier. So um, of course, uh, People tend to think that you know you have to be loose and aggressive to be winning. Not really, not necessarily. You can also be a winning poker player. You're you know just tight and aggressive. Uh, the most important thing is to be aggressive, though. Uh, you need to be able to you know uh, uh, raise, raise, and just you know uh, withstand the heat, right? Uh, so getting the right preflop ranges, knowing what type of hands you can defend from the blinds, what type of hands you can typically re-raise with, and if you're playing tournaments, what type of hands are good enough at different stack sizes to just reship, re-jam all in against uh, somebody opens or stuff like that. So those are the main things that you need to master. Once you have that, the preflop ranges, then playing post-flop is so much easier because now you're like, okay, I'm opening from early position and the blink call. And he's defending like, I don't know, 60% hands. And my range is 15% hands. And the flop is ace, king, queen. Uh, my range absolutely smashes this board where, you know, the, the flop is ace, king, queen. And I have all of the pocket aces in my range. I have the pocket kings, the pocket queens, the jack 10, whatever, ace, king, ace, queen, all these hands that are super strong. The big blank, he would have triggered me with the top of his range. So now, you know, he's gonna have like so maybe ace jack maybe a few ace queen in there but for the most part his range is very capped in this type of board and then he's going to have a bunch of other stuff that are like you no know, jack two suited that he defended from the big blind right so his range is so wide and so um my range advantage is uh, it's, it's easier for you to visualize how this thing works for from pre-flop to post-flop and now you can be like you know what uh i guess i can just bet my entire range here so the, the flop is ace king uh ace king queen you have pocket tens you have pocket nines you can just bet 
in that board. It doesn't matter what you have because your range as a whole is so strong in that flop structure that allows you to play easier because now you can bet your entire range. You don't have to start thinking, oh, should I, should I check back my pocket eights here because I don't mm -hmm. want to get check raised. You're not really going to get check raised so much in this board. You know, come on, you have all the strong hands in the world. If the, the people goes mad, goes nuts and starts to check raise you with a bunch of trash, he's just going to burn a lot of money because he's going to crash into the top of your range sometimes. So yeah, sometimes you bet with pocket eights, you get check raised, you have to fall. So what? You know, sometimes you're gonna have like trip aces in this board, you know, flop straight and then, uh, they are just going to crash into the nuts so often. Uh, it's gonna be not a, it's not gonna be a good way for them to exploit you. <laughs> and the, this type of realization, you know, when you come from pre-flop and you have that mindset, also allows you and helps you to understand post-flop much better. That's so good. All right, so we're we're wrapping up here. Uh, we could talk to you for hours. Clearly, uh, this is fantastic. Uh, I have a couple of observations, and I want to take the last question from one of our folks that that's listening in. So. First of all, I'm I'm a business coach in my real world, and I hear things like passive income and Dr. Trisha Cardner helping you clarify your purpose, and I'm so excited about that. Like, know why it is that you're playing poker, know what it is that you're trying to do, and in your case, build some passive income streams. I, I love it. A word word of advice for anybody out there listening. Uh, the second thing is, I heard you say PO. We were having a debate. Is it PO? Is it PO? I heard you say PO, so I'm going to go with PO solver. Uh, yeah. This I'm, I'm I'm friends with the developers. Um, yeah. When I first started, uh, you know, with this study group and all that, I became super active in two plus two forum and two plus two forum, and um, I was uh, like constantly posting suggestions and stuff about the solver. So they uh, invited me to be a um, beta tester for the software. So I will get like early releases. I'll just give them my feedback, my ideas, and they will continually um, incorporate some of my ideas into the software to make it, you know, more user friendly and uh, basically improving the graphic user interface, stuff like that. And so, yeah, the, the creator's name, his name is Piotr. Piotr. So he named yeah. the solver after himself. So it's there cute. it is. Because it's been a mystery. We hear it all the time, <laughs> different different ways. We heard it from the, from the horse's mouth. All right. P.O. Solver. Let's do it. P.O. Solver, everybody. All right. And then, so the last thing I want to um, try to bring up there is, is a, we have a question from Jamel Cuevas. Actually, the, the gentleman who won your book, Modern Poker Theory, Building an Unbeatable Strategy Based on GTO Principles. Uh, that was That's the book. Uh, kind enough to give one away. Jamel won it. But he has a question for you. Uh, first of all, he says, great story and, and seeing hard work pay off. Uh, as you approached winning, uh, then he says, as, as you approached winning low stakes tournaments online, are you using GTO solutions or just exploiting common mistakes more often? Yeah, um, if you want to be successful, you need to understand both. Like, um, okay, it's easier uh, for you to exploit other people if you understand the equilibrium strategies. Now, you when you study GTO game theory, uh, you should be trying to play like the solver or just to replicate the charts and just be playing a robotic style. The purpose of studying GTO is to understand uh, the game better so that you can make better decisions based on the information that you have, right? So a very easy example, a very, very easy example, like it would be this one. Um, let's say you raise from the cutoff, middle position, big lane calls, uh, whatever you are, like, I don't know, 20, 40 big lanes deep tournament. Big lane calls and the flop comes, um, let's say, Jack, Jack, uh, Jack, Jack King, right? So it's a pair board. Um, if you have done your work and you have run a few simulations, you will know that in equilibrium in a pair board like this, you can just go ahead and min bet. You can make the minimum bet possible, one big lane or you know 25% power, something small that will work really well and you can bet your entire range, right? So um, this is the standard, like the equilibrium play that you will play against somebody who you know is tough, who's going to be playing back at you, check racing you with a wide range, the strong hands here. And you know, the, the thing you need to understand is that in this type of board structure that has a pair, um, basically the big blind range is going to be very polar here. The big blind is going to have a bunch of stuff like jack two suited, jack three suited, jack four suited. It's going to have trip jacks a lot here. And even Jack-8 also, Jack-9 also, the stuff like that, he's gonna have a lot of Jack-X. And then a bunch of trash, like, you know, what is he going to do with the 8-5 suited that he defended pre-flop and has just a pure air ball, right? So uh, the correct strategy for the big brain to defend against the continuation bet here is to play his range as a check race mostly. 
right? So he's going to, because his range is so polar, right? He shouldn't have much of a calling range. His range wants to raise because he has a bunch of jack eggs and then he has a bunch of air that he, he, he can use as a bluff for this check raise, right? So if you're playing up against a good player who understands this, you want to play your GTO strategy and that's very small, your entire range, because now you force the big blind to react to your bet, right? And so uh, he has to do something and he, against this very small bet, uh, when he has a very um, polarized range that wants to raise or fold, now you're gonna get a bunch of faults and he can easily fold 50% of his hands on the flop against this min bet. And that gives you such uh, an immense amount of information right away. You know, your opponent check raises or he falls and you can know this right away with the minimum investment possible, just one min bet, right? So this is, the, this is theory. Now, if you know the big blind is a calling station, right? And you have ace jack, you have trip jacks with an ace. And you know that this guy, he's not going to adapt. He's not going to be chagracing you with some backdoor uh, straight door type of hands to, you know, to play back at you. He's not going to do that. If he has a king, he's never folding. So against this player, what you want to do is just bet large. So you go ahead and you bet pot, whatever, with your trips. If he has a king, he's calling. If he doesn't, he's just folding, right? So just bet large and then go for trips, trips for max value against this guy. And that's how you deviate and you exploit a weaker player who, you know, you just find this leak and you can attack that leak this way. But the best way to understand a leak, and if it is a leak in the first place, is to understand, you know, how the theory applies in these spots. And that's how you uh, play a combination of, you know, GTO with exploitative poker. I love it. I think that's, you know, the mistake I think a lot of people are making is just sort of it's one or the other when really what, we're, what I'm hearing is it's the foundation. It's the foundation. And then you build on that. You exploit upon the foundation. How do you exploit if you don't know what the, what the, what the you know, the, equilibrium. Sort of the equilibrium play would be? So great stuff. Now we, we really have to, we really have to end up here, but there was one more point Jim wanted to make, which I think is a really good one. So maybe just a real quick answer, uh, you know, for players that are just starting with solvers, what do you recommend? What's sort of the on-ramp? Where do they start when they're saying, all right, I think I need to start getting into solvers. Uh, Michael Acevedo says I should, so I should. Uh, where, where do they start if they don't have experience with solvers? Uh, yeah, the solvers uh, themselves can be a bit overwhelming at first. Mm -hmm. So um, I'll actually recommend, you don't really need to, um, to study or own a solver uh, to, to, to get good at GTO. Um, for example, uh, I've been coaching Patrick Antonius recently, and the guy is a more of a, a life exploitive style player, right? So I'm not giving him a bunch of simulations for him to study. I can just give him uh, like the insights, like the stuff that I just told you, that you're mm -hmm. very bored, you can bet small because this and this, and then you just get it, right? So um, you don't really need to you know, become a lab rat and study all of this uh, you know, software and mastering all of these tools um because yeah it is as long as you're getting like the the meat of, of the stuff you're getting what is really important the concepts from it so maybe uh, start by learning some um getting some coaching or learning from videos or who's from somebody who is uh, experienced with solvers because of course uh if you're learning from somebody who's never touched a solver himself then uh, it's different because he might not know what he's talking about right so it's different if you want to be a coach but if you just want to learn, you can just find, uh, you know, the good stuff from somebody who already knows, who's already done the work, right? Uh, for example, well, my book is a pretty good example of that. You just, you know, I put thousands and thousands of hours into that and uh, just, yeah, getting to the book, the meat, the most important stuff that you really need to learn. And I'm also uh, currently working with Patrick and, and building a, a app and a poker app that is going to help people learn uh, online, all of this stuff. So that's uh, something that people can um find me and my social uh, media and uh, there's going to be more of that coming soon as well awesome so so good segue into how do people connect with you how do people find you if they like what they're hearing yeah uh, best way is just find me at, uh, as uh, gto poker on instagram facebook twitter and from there you can if you want to talk to me you can connect with me by you know uh, personal message and then uh, maybe discord or whatever there are many ways to contact me but easiest is just find me at, at gto poker in twitter or instagram all right, you guys. Well, I loved having you on the show. Sorry, it's been, we've been around for whatever, three, three and a half years. We haven't had you on the show yet. It's a, it's a crying shame, but uh, you're here. 
uh, we're excited to have you. Hopefully we can have you back in the future, talk about your next book or whatever that might be. But Michael, seriously, uh, thanks for taking the time to hang around with Rec Poker Nation. Thank you very much for having me, guys. This was a lot of fun. And yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to see how this ends. So cheers, guys. All right. See you next time. Take care, Michael. So you can head out if you want. Stick around if you want or head out. Uh, We'll do some housekeeping things. But uh, (laughs) there he goes, you guys. Uh, Michael Acevedo, uh, one of the big names in poker. Uh, Great mind. Uh, We didn't even talk about his mathematical background and some of those things. But uh, just one of the great minds involved in PO Solver, which we now know how to say for sure. Uh, (laughs) But what do you guys think? What's sort of the feedback from you guys or the folks that are are listening, feel free to throw some in the chat. What, what sort of reaction did you have? Well, just, just, I got to talk about the book a little bit because I used to smoke cigarettes and what it made me quit was Alan Carr's The Only Way to Quit Smoking. And it was just a book that had the, he was saying the same thing a million different ways. And one of the ways will connect with you and that's how you'll quit smoking. Michael has exactly, Michael takes so many different ways of teaching this, ways of talking about it with uh, you know, going through it paragraph by paragraph, all these amazing charts and everything like that. It's just lots of different ways to get that message into your brain. And I think because we all learn differently, having an approach like this to learning poker really, really helps. Like, I, I can't recommend this book enough. And I don't say that about all the books that come on this. And plus, Michael's still there, so you kind of have to say no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jonesy, what are you thinking? Uh, I just, I, I love that example of um, the the King Jack Jack because mm-hmm. I think that's that's the uh, thing that I think people are well should I play GTO or should I play exploitive and like people are like I don't need that GTO stuff because players I'm playing you know do this so I can do this and but I think that that that's a misunderstanding of what that uh, and I just love that example because it's like okay you need to know to do this because when you have absent of any kind of information this is how you're going to play it but when yeah when you see the guy across the table who's going to be calling you no matter what because they have the king you're going to change the way you play and like that's I mean it's a perfect way to sort of encapsulate that so I just I loved hearing that well and and someday you're going to be past the stage where you're playing against the people that are all calling stations or all making mistakes eventually we're hoping to get past that getting to the point where we're playing you know a thousand dollar buy-in a five thousand dollar buy-in tournament and be at the final table and we can't just assume they're all going to be calling stations uh, at that point so i think we need to be grounded in something more than than that so i i loved it too i was like super intrigued by that whole example and I think I'm Michael thinking, would be sure. Michael be proud of us. We're we're grounding ourselves in those pre-flop ranges right now. Chris yeah. Jones is running the Focus uh, Study Group, where once a month we get together and talk about that. We're starting off some weekly study groups for people to really get those foundations down. And I think you know, starting from a strong foundation and building up yeah. like they're all doing in the it context together. of community, right? All of that's the, what it, we do. It's, it's, we're checking every box. Uh, Somsky, what you what you think of that? I thought it was an amazing story from beginning to end. I yeah. mean, just phenomenal. Um, the the work ethic that's clear there and the humility and confidence you have to have both as a poker player and they're diametrically opposed because you get some people who are confident without justification um (laughs) and then you get people who have confidence in their ability to figure it out but still know that they need to put in the work so i thought it was just uh you know if i was going to say how do you go about becoming a good poker player mm. this is the podcast and have them listen to i mean not so much as for the abc of this is exactly what you do but this is the attitude you have to have yeah i, I didn't know if i was at a poker seminar if i was at like a keynote inspirational talk i didn't i was taking notes about all <laughs> kinds of stuff so. <laughs> either way i'm going to be a better person for having been part of that conversation how about you andrew I just like the part where, you know, he had talked, he'd done some work with Elliot Rowe and done some work with, uh, I can't remember the name of the doctor, but like that Trisha Gardner. question, thank you, Trisha Gardner. And where the realization was, well, do you want to just be a manager and get some passive income with this company? Or do you want to be a poker player? And just that realization to, no, I want to be a poker player. And then it, all of a sudden that's where the drive goes. It's like, okay, that's mm-hmm. the force right there. And to be able to have the, the, the power mentally to, to continue to, to, to learn and just to keep pushing. And like you said, a lot of people will say, well, I, I could be a great poker player, but mm-hmm. this happened and this happened, but I could be a, you know, a star soccer player, but there's always that, but instead of, Oh, well, why didn't you, you know, commit yourself to it? And that's, that's just a great part of the story. I love that. I love it that. It was, yeah. And another word of affirmation coming in from, from Doug, who, who was listening and he says, you know, following your passion and realizing that others have helped you along the way is what I preach to my boys. So uh, another good life lesson out of there. Well, guys, anything else you want to chat about there? We can move into our, our home games 
uh, results. Anything else anybody wants to I just wanted in? to make it clear that there at no point in time was there ever any chance that I was going to be a professional soccer player. Are you sure, John? I am a hundred percent positive. John, Don't give up I, on yourself. Our own club. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know Knowing yourself is part of that struggle. Too. Yes. Yeah. So I, that's self-awareness. Yeah. Yep, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John. Talk about right, uh, how did our. All right, you take Michael. care, Michael. Bye, Thanks Michael. a lot, man. Yeah, that was great. Care. All right, John. Let's let's transition to the home games. How did uh, how did we look last week? <laughs> All right. Well, we had lots going on last week. Let's start off with the uh, international series. We had Tran Bidar Stensby won his sixth international series. Nice. Now, for those who don't know, we have moved the international series yet again. So from now on, it's going to be at six, no, 8 a.m. and 2 p.m. on Saturdays. Central so, time. Central time. Central yep. time. So we're hoping that that's going to make it easier for more people to uh, join the, the groups. So hopefully that'll give a little bit more resistance to Tron. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Is this, is this like a ploy to try to get Tron out of there and get, get, get uh, Drebeck out of there too? Basically, yeah. Yeah, and that's, that's the second point is Drebeck, Beck, Mark, uh, Magra 44, Doug Drebeck, won his fifth international series. <laughs> Clean it up. Clean it up yeah, on Saturdays, I, Doug. Well, I mean, those two have won well over half of them. So <laughs> impressive. We've got to get a few more. People starting to win. So, them. what were the time? What were the times again, John? Eight o'clock central and eight o'clock central and two p.m. central. And we're, right. we're in the middle of uh, updating the calendar at Rec Dog Poker, and all all the new times and events and stuff will be on the new calendar. No time. So, awesome. in case you don't see it there, that's why. Oh yeah, I forgot to let you know about that, Jim. I forgot you knew <laughs> that part. <laughs> <laughs> on top of it. <laughs> all right. Uh, then we have go on to our nightly series. On November 23rd, Mucking Fonster, Cheyenne Bhattacharya got Cheyenne. his second nightly series. Nice. Win. Keck Geek 65, Jacob Keck got his eighth nightly series win. Oh Ooh, my God. We got to get him phenomenal. back. We got to get him back on the Tournament of Champions uh, final table because uh, we got to invite him along to talk about it next time. We had too much fun. Oh, yeah. And his. Uh, his father, yeah. who is just Keck Geek, not Keck Geek 65, right. has been like, he's had several second places recently. I've noticed he's been yeah. pulling it up, almost getting to the victory lane. So hopefully he'll uh, step it up here. I think they were heads up. One of them wasn't, weren't they? Just oh. Yes. yes, it was. Heads up. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, then Dan D. Reg Res G. What? Got his Dan D. Regs. Resgi. Resgi. Dandy Resgi got his, uh, <laughs> or her, uh, first yep. nightly series victory. Nice. Roadstar 33, Randy Smith got his third nightly. Go get it, Randy. Gibber 3, Jim Gibson got his second nightly. My second Flying favorite, Bricks, Sarah Hansen got her sixth nightly mm. series. Another mm. impressive feat. Mm. And Hiker Hacker 10, she or he got their first nightly series victory. Congrats, Hiker Hiker. Starting to see some regular names in here. The cream is rising to the top. Absolutely. That's why my name's not out there. <laughs> what, 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 what falls to the bottom when the cream rises to the top? What's, it's like Everything a chemistry else. experiment. Moving on. <laughs> the high density stuff is on the bottom. <laughs> but I will be in the TOC. Uh, I'm going to win that thing. I'm going to get my silver pin. Nice. No, I have called dibs. Oh, I'm, yeah, he I'm did. winning both TOCs. John month. did officially call dibs oh, on did? Twitter earlier. Yeah, yeah I did. Sorry about that. Sorry, guys. Right, sorry, well, Rec Poker Nation. There's dibs always next called. year to the Minnesota sports fan. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, thanks, John. Anything else on the home game front you want to talk? Maybe just remind folks about the uh, the January 1, what's happening. If, if you yeah, don't January profile. 1st, if you have not already signed up and if you aren't, uh, you don't have the membership recorded in your or the rec your poker stars username recorded in your rec poker profile it doesn't need to be your rec poker name if you don't want it to be then you will be suspended as of right now this very second we still have 179 players who are at risk of suspension but that's so good that's progress. A, that was a yes. two, what was that 250 or something not too long we ago? were at like 265 when we started 
Okay. So keep, so, keep going, you guys keep, keep yeah. going, tell your friends, because when we get to the end, you know, we're going to try to recognize names. We're going to try to reach out directly, that kind of thing. I don't know if we'll be able to, but you know, take, take some burden off of the people that are involved in that, especially John and get out there. <laughs> if you don't have a, a, a pro, don't have a rec poker account, it's free. Go to rec.poker, get your free account. When you fill out your profile, there's an extended profile area. Click on that, put in your PokerStars username, boom, wow, that's it. That's it. And you're and good to go. If, in, if anyone notices anything, I'm trying to make this as easy as possible yeah. and trying to make it as clear as possible. I put out a little tutorial on rec.poker to help out. But if there's anything you know of that I could do to make it easier, other than just not have you sign up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so if there's anything that I can do to make it easier, let me know and I'm willing to to do uh, whatever that is. I will be, there is a post of all of the people who are at risk and I do update that every, you know, two or three days. So you can look at that uh, list and if your name is no longer on it, that means you're good to go. Yeah, but I've sent, John, a, I've sent a number of people that way that say that, hey, am I okay? Am I okay? I like, just go check out that post. If your name's not on there, you are good to go. Still, sometimes if, you, if you're still not sure, I don't mind. I know Jim will hate me for this, but just go ahead and DM me. That's fine. I'll check it out and make sure that you're good. Uh, I, I, you know, I want We want to have as many people involved in the, in the thing as possible. And, and uh, John and Steve, just in case some people are like me a year ago before I joined this Motley crew, I used to be a very <laughs> private person. I wouldn't want my information out there on the internet. Um, so if people put that information in their profile field, they can still keep it private to yes. the public sphere, yes. right? Okay. As a matter of fact, unless you make both your uh, PokerStars username public and your first name and last name public, then we will just make you uh, quote you as being private for your, the name to use when we announce you. So how much you choose to share is completely up to do you. You don't have to share anything. You could just do your first name if you want. You could just do your last name, whatever you feel comfortable with. We want you to participate, but doing this will make it a lot easier. And then you can just do things like put your um, mailing address information so that when you win that silver pin, Steve knows where to send it. To. That's right. Let's go so I can vicariously live throughout all of you other people. And when John's putting together all these end of the year tournament stats and all the stuff that we're doing, hey, the award show's coming up. We're looking at some stats. We're looking at some different things. Who are we going to celebrate? Who's going to get announced during the award show? Uh, you know, it's we can we can do it anonymously, but it's kind of fun to announce your name if you want. But like John said, no requirements. Stay private. Uh, but put it out there so we can we can connect with you. It's going to be super fun. All right, John, thanks so much for, for all your work on that. Uh, we, we, he's making it easier, and every time he keeps making things easier, we give uh, more ideas <laughs> on things that we can do. So. <laughs> That's how it's yeah. going. That is what's happening. <laughs> it's totally what's happening. Thanks for automating that, John. How about we do this, too? Uh, all right, guys, yeah. anything, else? <laughs> anything else for the good of the I order? Guess, what else do we need to uh, share? One thing, we're, we're, we've started this new rec room segment where um, any premium member – can grab anyone on the wrecking crew and about once a month what we'll do is we'll get that premium member and that member of the wrecking crew together to either go over a hand to just talk about some topic in poker that's interesting to them and so uh and then what we're doing is we're recording those sessions and we're going to start releasing those as a as just like a bonus podcast once once a month or something like that we're still figuring it out um, email me jim at rec poker with the hand you want to review or the subject matter and then who you'd like to talk to about it. So the whole, the whole wrecking crew is available. Andrew Feist, Chris Jones, Jim Reed, John Somsky, Rob Washam, Steve Fredland, Taylor Moss, Woody Adams. Uh, pick one that you like the look of or the sound of or whatever it is. If you go by a smell, that's up to you. And uh, email me and let me know. We'll get you together. You can spend 20 minutes or half an hour talking poker together. And uh, we'll put that out on the pod. It should be a lot of fun. Awesome. Anything else you guys want to share? I just have one question. So um, recently, Joanne Bird said that I sound, she heard a commercial yes. and thought that I was doing the voiceover for it. Yes. Now, I have never done voiceover, but I am interested, you know, in case I need a fallback career, is this something I could do? So if anyone hears the commercial that sounds like me, I would really like to know what that commercial is, just so I can see what it is. And, you know, maybe I can 
change my name and start getting some income on the side. <laughs> from it. Yeah, she, yeah. Was, she was telling me that too, and she couldn't think of, and I actually went to her house to deliver. She ordered a pink sweatshirt and a mask, and I had a chance to hang out with her a little bit and bring her the merch, and uh, we, we, couldn't, we couldn't put our finger on what it was, John, but some, yeah, I love that. So if you hear a commercial that sounds like John Sobs, <laughs> let, let him know, man. I, I, mean, I can't think what anyone was thinking hiring someone that sounded like me, but that's beside that. <laughs> I'd like to start, you know, opening up to guesses, but that could get, you know, that could spare a lot of yeah, That could go down yeah. a weird road. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's oh, so that's funny. funny. All right. So uh, with that, we'll, we'll wrap up there. Um, I want to make one plug for the newsletter. If you're not on the newsletter, I would really encourage you to get on there. We have some really cool things that are happening and in the issue that are potentially happening too. Um, so uh, teaser free Jatton, uh, potential coaching opportunities uh, for rec poker nation. Uh, if we were recording this tomorrow, I might have something to announce, but I don't, which means it's going to come out on the podcast probably two weeks from now, which, uh, which is going to be sort of late uh, for the people that uh, could potentially take advantage of this early. So I just want to say, you know, encourage you go to rec.poker, sign up for the newsletter. It's on the bottom of every page. That way you can get more timely updates. And we turn, we turn these podcasts around really quick within a week, which is really fast in the podcast world. But we have so many cool things happening that are really happening fast, especially as we approach the end of the year and the awards show, uh, that I would love to have you guys all sort of plugged in more and more to that. Uh, so I really want to encourage you to, to jump on the newsletter and we'll try to update you with stuff there and direct you to the website for all the updates. So uh, with that, why don't we wrap it up there? Uh, Q Music. Uh, we'll thank our sponsors, uh, Running Aces, Racetrack Casino Hotel, Website Amp, Learn Pro Poker, Small Small Business Community. Uh, thank you uh, so much, Michael Acevedo. Thank you to uh, Chris, Andrew, John, Jim, and all of our guests. Uh, we'll catch you next time. Oh, I almost made it. <laughs>